Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome along to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red Podcast. Paul Gorse, Theo Squires and David Lynch are all alongside myself, Matt Addison, today. We'll obviously be talking about the game with Leon that Liverpool played over the weekend and their training camp so far as well. But firstly, Gorsty, we can see from your backdrop that you must be having a, a decent time over in Dubai. Anyone who's not watching on YouTube, it, it looks like a, a nice little uh, nice little warm weather training camp for yourself as well as Liverpool's players at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I was speaking to a couple of the uh, a couple of people who live here over the weekend, and they were saying in the, in the summer it really gets stiflingly hot, kind of unbearably hot here. But this was a, a nice temperature. To be fair, you can go about your day without too much sweating, shall we say? And uh, see why. I'm so pleased for you, Gosty. And see why why it would appeal to the Klopp and, and the Liverpool team. Obviously, stones throw from the World Cup, isn't it? In Qatar, even though it's only really Darwin Nunes who's going to be meeting up with them there, but. Um, yeah, so far so good. Um, I feel a bit like Mike Bassett on the on the, the film where you know Barry Venison's asking him a question and he's he's a couple of couple of answers behind for anyone who's, who knows what I'm on about. So hopefully we won't have any technical mishaps like that. But yeah, so far so good. Apart from the the results as uh, as Klopp said yesterday. Yeah, I have to say I'm very jealous as I look out of, of my window. No one can, can see it on this, but uh, I literally can't see the other side of the road because it's so foggy and it's so cold. So, uh, yeah, incredibly, incredibly jealous of, of the warm weather. Uh, what what sort of things have, have you got coming up over the next few days? I mean, obviously, the, the Milan game on Friday. Is there a, a sneak preview of, of any bits you've got in store over the next few days you can give us? Yeah, I uh, managed to, to speak to, to Calvin Ramsey after the game yesterday, uh, so we'll have that chat coming up, um, one or two other things in the pipeline. Uh, meeting up with the official Dubai Supporters Club later this afternoon, um, looking to do a little little piece on them before the Milan game, and yeah, just generally whatever else is happening. It's obviously a, a busy time for the club, isn't it? But it's a little bit different in terms of, you know, I, I'd liken this to more of an Evian trip for Liverpool, or, um, you know, a South Eldon in, in Austria, as opposed to United States or Thailand, there's no real massive commercial opportunities for Liverpool here. It's very much about work, football work, and that seems to be the order of the day so far. Jürgen Klopp didn't want any real massive off-the-field distractions, you know, from the uh, from the real stuff, which is about um, getting everyone as prepared as possible for a surge up the Premier League table in the new year, because Liverpool, let's face it, they, they need it, don't they? They're not. You know, if they don't finish in the top four this season, <clears throat> it'll have huge ramifications for years, I, I reckon. So, um, the serious work has been going on despite the uh, salubrious surroundings that I, uh, I find myself in. Yeah, absolutely. Part of, of that, Theo, obviously, the uh, the game yesterday, the, the first sort of 30, 35 minutes looked very promising, kind of tailed off and became a typical kind of friendly after that point. What what did you make of it? Can we can we draw many conclusions from it or was it just a case of getting a bit of uh, fitness back into those legs? Uh, I don't really know what we can draw from it because it depends how bad Leon really were for those 30, 35 minutes because they looked really off the pace. But then Liverpool brought the press back 
And that's how the first goal came, or the Liverpool's only goal came when they just forced that mistake on the edge of the Leon box. And it's like, well, if we're going to miss back, and this is actually how Liverpool now obliterate teams, then it could be a positive sign. But when it is the first game in, what, month, and it is more about the fitness in the legs, it's about um, getting Carvalho, I suppose, on that left wing. We've had the, the bad news about Luis Diaz could be out for a couple of months. So it's, well, he might be a go-to option there now if um, Liverpool don't sign anyone in January. So it's seeing that blossoming relationship between Salah and Firmino. The front three were really good for like the third, first 30, 35 minutes when Liverpool were forcing Leon back, winning the ball in that final third and just creating so many chances. If um, Salah scores the penalty, it's probably not a 3-1 defeat. They'll probably go on and win quite comfortably. But then all the substitutions came, they lost the rhythm and there wasn't really much chance for any players to impress in the second half. You take the positives out of it. It's one where you think of those friendlies they had a couple of years ago where, oh, we're just going to do these 30-minute games where you don't really remember who they played, what the scores were. Divock Origi probably scored in them. It felt more like that sort of friendly because of how different Liverpool's team in the second half was to the first half. In the end, though, it goes down as they lost the penalty shootout, they lost the game, but Jurgen Klopp will take the positives. And then it's what on to AC Milan next week and then back to the real stuff. Yeah, the uh, the biggest sort of story over the last few days, really, Lynch, has been the, the Luis Diaz setback. Obviously, we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. The, the reports in Colombia suggesting maybe March, but no exact date, no kind of concrete updates on that yet. Whichever way it goes, though, it doesn't sound particularly good from what Jurgen Klopp said yesterday. Yeah, it doesn't. And it, it's a huge blow. It, it sort of makes you sort of question things a little bit as well in terms of, you know, was the initial diagnosis correct? You know, will Liverpool feel that the processes should have been better around that? Because it doesn't look great when you, you don't opt to go down the surgery route initially. Um, and then, you know, the player comes back essentially and is, is ready to go and then still feels discomfort. And then you do have to, you know, you, you do have to have surgery and, and look at it again. And, and, and now, you know, you, you're losing basically six months of the season, aren't you, from him? Um, which is just a, a, a major blow. And I think, you know, Liverpool... You know, didn't need that particularly with with Jota being out at the at the moment, and I, I think you know there's there's a bit of a vacancy on that left hand side now, and it, you know you just you just wonder how how good can they be in a period where they haven't got one of their top level elite players or elite forwards in in that front line on the on the left hand side. You, you you're stuck maybe using Darwin Nunez out there, where you you'd probably prefer to have him in the centre forward position, or, or maybe Fabio Carvalho, who you know huge talent but but very young. So so yeah. It's a it's a, a bit of a major blow, really, and and you just hope it's something that Liverpool can still manage to to muddle through without him. And you know they made an encouraging start on that front. You know you'd say in the first half yesterday, I think you know they always right to say that they were they were very good in that time, and, and the, the pressing was really encouraging. Maybe that's something that you know Fabio Carvalho can come in and do. And we we know as well from his time at Fulham and already is is a Liverpool career that he's a he's a player with goals in him, isn't he? So that that sort of makes you think that you know maybe he can step up. But it, but it is still it, you know remains a, a big ask. But yeah, the, it, you know the the Diaz news is is not what you want, especially because this sort of period was seen as a, a bit of a reset really after a, a disappointing start to the season in the Premier League. So it was you know to have him back, it felt like a new signing going into this second period, and, and to lose him again is yeah just a a, a a big blow really. You just just hope they can get Jota back as as soon as possible to maybe sort of mitigate for that. 
yeah, that's the the thing, isn't it? With Diogo Jota being out as as well, it's it, it's two out of of the five. It, it obviously still leaves you with the, the three, but it doesn't give you much in reserve. I mean, we've spoken a lot, Kirsty, about the, the need for more depth in midfield in January, and, yeah. and that means a necessity. Does does this make it? maybe a bit of a necessity that they might need another forward as well or is that possibly one step too far no i i i've said for a while on this part that i think it was a bit of a mistake letting both minamino and origi go without at least recruiting someone who can play that kind of role that, that reserve role for you know cup games or you know when you're rolling the dice and you need something off the bench i think it was foolish to just leave it the way it was and this only adds to that doesn't it you know it's sort of Diogo Jota being out until February, Luis Diaz. Um, nothing, nothing official on that. I was, I was doing a little bit of a digging around on Saturday morning, trying to establish, you know, what the the latest was, and everything was putting towards Liverpool. We're still waiting on the on the results of, of the scan. You know, he, Diaz flew back to Merseyside from Dubai on on Friday and, and underwent tests, and we were still waiting on the results. But you know, the, the journalist who kind of broke that story Friday night, uh, Pepe Sierra. Uh, uh, well, we know he's quite close with, with Diaz's kind of entourage, don't we? So that wouldn't be too much of a shock if it was, you know, on the money. Uh, and I asked Klopp about Diaz after the game yesterday and he described it as a proper smash in the face and wasn't, uh, I mean, you know, he seemed to, the way he answered the question, it seemed to suggest he knew that Diaz would be out for a significant amount of time. So, you know, his season's been wrecked really, hasn't he? He's going to come back possibly in March time, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get up to speed and by then, you know, there's not that much left of the season to go and Liverpool might might not have a whole lot to chase when he does return and, and it's a little bit similar for Jota who there's uh, another one who's had a season wrecked really, he didn't return to the until the Merseyside derby in September I think and still hasn't scored since the, the equaliser at City back in April and he's had a injury problems that have kind of ruined his season as well so um you know, while Liverpool don't recruit um, for, for the long term for players who are out for six to eight weeks or a little bit longer, I do think that it was a mistake not doing any business attacking-wise in, in the summer. And um, I think they, they really need to do something in January. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it becomes sort of even more important as well. Lynch, I'll, I'll let you come in next on, on this one. But when you, when you think of sort of Roberto Firmino's contract running down, Jota has had a, a few injuries in the past. It, the, the, there is a lot to, to think about in, in that area as well, it seems at the moment. That, that's it with Firmino's. That's a, that's a great shout as well, is that you you, you know there's, you know it's very likely. I, I mean, I know there's, there's talk around talks with Firmino and it, it, you know maybe it is a possibility that he will sign a new contract. But, it, you know, when you get this close, it, it feels less and less likely. I, I, I would be slightly surprised i think if it if it does go down that route unless he really really does want to stay at liverpool um because it would i'd imagine would be on reduced terms so you know that 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 vacancy is going to open up there they're going to need one and i also think you know you maybe looked at the start of the season and thought you know okay minamino and origi go in 
there's opportunities there for young players as in you know Fabio Carvalho can start on that left hand side or, or Harvey Elliott can pick up games on the right hand side if, if Salah misses the odd cup game or whatever but that you know you've already seen with Harvey Elliott you're almost taking him out of being an option in that area now because he's a regular starter in midfield and he's had a really impressive start to the season there so he's going to play a lot of games in that central midfield so he's not really an option for you in the forward line so all of a sudden your depth there looks you know quite thin really and 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 you know you get a couple of injuries and we're already seeing that now so I think there's a really strong case to be made for Liverpool to sign a mid, uh, to sign a forward as much as they need a midfielder as well so you know whether they could be convinced to do both those pieces of business in January I'm not sure because we know that Fenway Sports Group's approach is is to not really want to to dip into the market but we'll you know I, I think there's a, a really strong argument that they, they, they do need a forward as well as a midfielder there what makes it harder to swallow is that the second half of last season they had seven senior international forwards, and that was almost by accident. Like they signed Diaz six months earlier, and partly they'd known at that point that Sadio Mane wanted to leave at the end of the season. So realistically, they were talking with six. That would be the aim come the summer. So you look at it; it's three forwards leave, three come in. But as I said, they were senior international forwards who have played years in the game. And have done it all. Whereas we'll wait to see, oh, can Fabio Carvalho step up after a prolific season in the Championship and be a go-to option off the bench who can win your games? And beyond that, Curtis Jones, it's Harvey Elliott. They're waiting to one of them as an option as part of six is fine, but you need that extra depth there, the extra senior options. And now beyond that, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, well, he's another. He's going to be out of contract in the summer. They're probably not going to keep him, even if he came in now. Did fill in that void on the left and was superb. It's like proven time and time again you can't stay fit Liverpool need to look to the future and beyond that but then they're in a tricky situation where even if the funds are there do you go out and spend big or say on a Cody Gakpo well when Diaz is back and Jot is back you're not necessarily needing a left forward you need someone who can play across the line and then you're going for a Jude Bellingham in the summer you can't really put a load of money onto a forward there when it could cost you getting someone who's supposed to be your main target in midfield and has been for 18 months. Everything we've heard from Liverpool for the last year is 2022 was revamping the front line. Yes, they've done that. Yes, three bodies in, three bodies out. But they're certainly looking at a weaker place, a lot weaker place now than they did at the end of January after they signed Diaz. And when they had all those options, they went and nearly won four trophies. Whereas now you're thinking it's just a fight to get in the top four. There's a, a lot of things they need to think about when the window reopens. Just, just on, just uh, to, sorry, sorry, just, just to kind of kind of widen Theo's point there, I, I, I totally agree. You know, from January to to May, that that Liverpool squad was the strongest squad that I've ever seen, and and the other Diaz to the to the mix, and all the injuries kind of cleared up, and lo and behold, Liverpool went all the way and nearly won the entire lot, didn't they? So the, there's there's method to the madness, if you like, of, of having a good squad. Liverpool don't always have to get by with an absolute. Um, I mean, and we know Klopp likes the, the the kind of smaller numbers, doesn't he? Squad wise, but you know, if they can afford to have a twenty four, twenty five man squad, then why not? Because we've seen what can happen when you do have a, a powerful squad. You can rest and rotate, and if there are no injuries, then you've got so many options to choose from. There were so many games last season when Liverpool were leaving Alcaraz, Jones, Joe Gomez, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, and a, a fourth player because they had everyone fit and the other. You know, a fit and ready to go squad. Um, what would they have given this season to our Curtis Jones fit, for example, for for the first you know two or three months of the season? I don't really see why it's such a a problem to have a to have a big squad. And 
you can see what can happen when you do. So um, it is strange that you know Liverpool tend to prefer to have the the smaller numbers, you know, where they can. And as I said, I think it's still a mistake letting both Rigi and Minamino go. And I don't think I'm being wise after the event there. I think we were saying it, you know, far as far back as the summer months with me. So um, yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way Klopp likes it, I guess. Just in, in terms of Firmino specifically, Gorsi, obviously Lynch, you mentioned before that I think it was Sky Germany reported that there was some uh, some positive talks underway with with him. I mean, what, what's your sort of take on that? The, the way I see it, he'd be 32, I think, that the first few weeks of, of next season, he's clearly, you know, not the same player as what he was two or three years ago. But I don't know, obviously, if, if you let the contract run down and he goes, you've then given yourself a bit more to do. But I do personally feel that that's probably the, the most sensible and, and the best way of, of going about it. Giving him a new contract to me doesn't doesn't really feel like the right thing to do at this point. Well, it, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, <clears throat> uh, Liverpool or, or FSG rather have not made a habit of handing out massive contracts to players in the 30s. You've probably made a little bit of a, an exception for Jordan Henderson, who's the club captain and been there since 2011. And uh, for Mohamed Salah, who, who obviously needs no kind of reasons to detail why why they will give him a new contract um but maybe something of a short-term deal can be hatched because i think you know if liverpool lose for me now then that's just another recruitment headache on top of the several that they've already got you know we know liverpool are looking to you know address the midfield issues in the summer there's talk of on navigators going to enter the final six months of his deal alex oxley chamberlain james milner and that's without the the need to address the shortcomings that are already been there um so you're adding Firmino potentially even on top of all that it's just another problem that needs solving and okay Firmino's a high earner and he's getting on a little bit but um, I don't see <clears throat> why there wouldn't be merit in, in a short-term agreement you know from Liverpool's perspective at least maybe you know Firmino would have designs on moving somewhere else for, for a three or four year deal I don't know but from you know Liverpool's vantage point it just makes sense to try and do something short-term just so it's one less problem you've got to address here and now, maybe kick that can a little bit further down the road, and then you've still got the quality of Roberto Firmino, who has uh, been, you know, quite decent at times this season. For me, with Firmino, it depends who else they could get. What would be the option going forward? Because as good as a servant as he's been for Liverpool, he's always stepped up when needed. But he is an issue in this attack in the sense that he's not as versatile as Amane, as a Salah. But Nunes now, Jota, Diaz, you can't play him anywhere across that front line. You've either got to change formation to a 4-2-3-1 and have him behind a striker, or he's leading your line there. And it's whether he can still offer goals off the bench. Like Gorsty said, he's one of the highest earners. I think he's in that bracket just below Salah, Van Dijk and Thiago. And it's one where if he takes a reasonable cut, similar to what James Milner has had to do over the years, and he's happy to adapt to that squad role, you keep him because he's quality. And he still can step up when you need him to without being that go-to option you start in week in, week out. But then, because if he is only this limited option there and you can get another forward for a, and use his wages and use the transfer fee to go and get someone there and you say, well, Mohamed Salary is getting older, he's going to play more central rather than on the right. Or we've got uh, Ben Doak, Cade Gordon, Harvey Elliott, they can fill those roles on the right. It's about looking at the overall attacking package, what positions are covered with the depth around the squad. So that's where Firmino fits into that. He's a great option to have as backup, but it's in the context of what else they've got around them and what that needs to go where. Because at the moment, a takeover hasn't happened. They're not anywhere near anything yet. It's just the speculation stage. He's not the sort of player where you can have 
£200,000 a week player on the bench, only offering little bits now and again if your funds are going to be stretched. But if you're in, say, a City situation and you can just put your squad with as many players as you want, as much quality as you want, of course you keep them there. And we've got to remember as well, before last season, he was a player who very rarely got injured. And this year, his availability has been really strong again. You potentially see him not playing for Brazil in the future. So that's another one. We've seen how that's benefited players. So there are definitely pros and cons to it. It's something Liverpool got to weigh up in the next six months. Yeah, certainly something for them to think about. I mean, Theo mentions a, a few young players there, Lynch. There was a couple of, of those that impressed over the weekend. Stefan Bicetic was was one of those, possibly could come into the midfield thinking next year. He's obviously someone that we've had our eye on for a little while now since he came in. He's impressed, but but it was really impressive that he looked good in a team of, of first-teamers alongside Thiago and, and Elliot and, until Elliot went off. He, he looked really, really confident and composed and assured. Yeah, I think that's been one of the things, one of the themes of his season so far is when he's he's made those little cameos in the in the Premier League and, and you've seen him alongside the, the the first team as he's never really looked out of place. He's so sort of comfortable in possession. He'll take it in tight areas and puts himself about a bit as well. And um, yeah, I think you know, you know the only thing he possibly lacks is the the physical quality at the moment because he's so young. Um, but that will obviously come with time. But in terms of, you know, the first things you want to look for is, is do they look like they've got a lot of time? And that, and that is something that you would say about him is that, he, you know, he never looks sort of flustered, very calm. Um, and to be doing that coming into senior football is sort of testament to how, how big a talent he is. And I think he's one that you definitely think has got a, a really good chance of, of making an impact at, at Liverpool in the, in the near future. I think you would say, you know, that's not to say that Liverpool don't need to sign a midfielder. That's, that desperately needs to happen. You know, you've got to give him the time and space to, to have that physical development. You know, you can't be putting too much on him too early, but he's, you know, he's, he's definitely going to be an option going forward. I've, I've no doubts about that. And I think you, you, you saw that again yesterday. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, absolutely. He looked, looked really, really good. And Calvin Ramsey as, as well, of course, he looked decent. There was, there was a couple of, of decent sort of opportunities for, for these young players during this tour. But for Ramsey, I think particularly because he missed quite a lot of, of the, the summer pre-season when he came in, this is a pretty important period for him as well. Yeah, that, that was that was one of the things I asked him yesterday, actually, when uh, said, um, he said he basically came to the club with an undetected injury. He didn't even know he was injured himself. And had the medical and before you knew it, he, he was on the shelf for quite a while, wasn't he? he, he um, his first appearance was, was the Napoli game and then he obviously started against Derby in the in the Cup. So he hasn't played a whole lot. Um, I mean, he would have come to the club now and thought, well, that Trent Alexander-Arnold is the first choice, but he might have you know, spotted a, a few little opportunities here or there, but hasn't quite happened for him yet. Other than that start against Derby, um, I thought he did okay yesterday. By the time all those changes have been made, the game had lost its shape and couldn't really make any meaningful kind of conclusions from from what happened from probably the 60 minute mark really but he did okay he had a good effort when he came on with his left foot um so he's someone who, who can be out in, in dubai with a little bit of a point to prove i guess you know especially when 
Henderson's away. But um, on the subject of Bacetic, I thought it was interesting that Klopp went with his pretty much his strongest team, you know, in the first 45 minutes. And he was part of it, wasn't he? He's very much seen as a as a Fabinho backup now in that number six role, just keeping it uh, simple and effective, snapping into tackles and letting the likes of Thiago and Harvey Elliott do the kind of more fancy stuff. I thought he was un- unfortunate to be booked for that tackle on, on Tolisso in the first half. And just someone who's, who's quietly kind of making himself a little bit more familiar with the first team setup. You know, it's no surprise now, is it, when you see him in a match day squad? You know, maybe three or four months ago, you looked at him and, and a lot of fans who, who don't maybe follow the academy ranks looked at it and thought, we'll, we'll lose this kid. And um, slowly but surely, just kind of making himself more familiar with the, the first team setup. And he's got years before he has to kind of really kick on, I guess. He's just learning his, his game at the moment. Uh, and I was, you know, watching the likes of Fabinho and, and Thiago do the thing in, in Chelsea midfield, that'll be invaluable for them, I'm sure. And someone who, uh, you know, I think Liverpool have got a player there long term, so we'll we'll see what happens with them. But plenty of time on the side yet, and it doesn't need to be pulling up any trees. And certainly in the next, you know, I'd suggest until at least pre-season next year, uh, he doesn't really need to do a whole lot other than what he's doing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Just good to to have a, a couple of, of options in that midfield. Another one of those, Theo Nabi Cato. We've not seen him since the uh, Community Shield, but made a, a comeback yesterday. Obviously, just got to keep your fingers crossed that he doesn't get another injury in the meantime. But that will be a help if he can stay fit. What do you think the future holds for him? It's it's an interesting period for him. We mentioned Firmino's contract. He's in the the same position, of course. It, it's going to be an interesting few weeks and months for him as well. At the current time, you'd imagine it's very easy to have run out of patience with him. Five years, isn't it? And we've seen glimpses of his talent, but there's always been these injuries that have derailed his progress. And he's never quite been the player we saw in the YouTube show reels or highlights packages from his days with Leipzig. But he could go and have a sensational six months now and earn a new contract. Um, Maybe it won't be a five-year sort of thing, but we saw Divock Origi, he was out the door halfway through one season, then he goes and puts in some vital goals, gets an extra two, three years. So it's not done and dusted for Cater yet, but he has to stay fit. And I'm sure we're all tired of saying this because it has been five years of saying he has to stay fit and there's always an injury just around the corner. Last year was probably his most consistent run, wasn't it, where he didn't have as many injury problems and there were some games where he was absolutely superb and he looked the player that Liverpool had signed for 52 and a half whatever it was million back then but you need to see more from him we've always said that it's a scratch record now uh it's do or die for him he's really got to make it count if he wants to stay at Liverpool but then from players point of view you wouldn't begrudge him thinking you know what maybe it would be best to just move on start afresh elsewhere he's won is he's got every single major honor with Liverpool as well he's been around for that hasn't he so if he's had fed up of his injury problems as well, maybe he wouldn't mind a, a return to Germany where he's close mates with Sadio Mane, isn't he? Something like that. But it's what he wants to do and whether he can actually make a big charge for Liverpool because they would have needed him so many times in the first half of the season. Like We were bigging him up as when Liverpool went to Old Trafford saying, this is his time, now his season starts here. And lo and behold, that's when he got the injury just before that game. Or was that when he was ill and then he got injured the week after? It was one or the other. But that fact, I can't remember because there are so many setbacks. That's the story of his Liverpool career so far. 
I suppose the thing is with him, though, Lynch, even if Liverpool have made their minds up, we don't know that at this point for, for sure. It does seem more likely that he would leave. But in this six months before he becomes a free agent, I suppose he's kind of got to earn that next move. What that next move looks like might be determined to some extent by the performances that he puts in for Liverpool in that period. Yeah, we've seen in the past that players who've sort of tended to have uh, terrible injury records you know, in the final months of the contract, when it's coming up to the time to get a free transfer somewhere, they suddenly become, you know, available more frequently, maybe more willing to sort of play through little niggles and things that they maybe wouldn't be able to play through in the past. And because, you you know, your future's at stake, you are playing for that next move. And I think, you know, for Cater, that, that's that's vitally, you know, it's if he does go back to Germany, for example, what level of club is going to take him? Is it one that's around the Champions League places or, or much further down because they don't, believe he's reliable enough and he can't, you know, can't contribute regularly enough. Um, you know, as much as they might think that, you know, maybe the Bundesliga possibly less physically intense and that that will maybe suit him better. I still think, you know, he's got to show that he's got the quality level to play at that, you know, in those upper echelons of the Bundesliga if that's where he wants to go next. Um and and yeah, prove he's worth it. And I think, you know, as much as we, you know, I know I've criticized him in the past, but um, you know, in terms of not, not availability because I think that's, there's nothing you can really do about that. But I think in terms of his performances, but I think you know you just look at last season and how important he was to not just the team in, as a whole, but you know he made an awful lot of appearances in a team that that won every week. But he was he was vital for keeping other players fit as well. You know, being an available option in that midfield. You know, the, the Liverpool suffered so few injuries last season. You know, quite and it, it, it's you know it's because the you know they didn't have injuries in the first place. Almost it's that you know it creates that sort of virtuous cycle of. You know, if you have a bigger squad, you can keep everybody fit. And that that was something that Liverpool, they got on a roll with that last season and, and, and kept it going to the end of the season. And that's why they challenged for four trophies. So, you know, I wrote a piece about this the other day for, for Liverpool.com in terms of saying, you know, they don't <clears throat> they don't need Naby Keita to suddenly become the player that they saw on YouTube beforehand. They don't they don't need that in this final six months of his Liverpool career. All they need him to do is to do what he did last season. And that, for me, was his best Liverpool season. Just be available between now and the, and, and May, uh, you know, and, and be a regular rotational option and come in and do as, as well as he did last season. And, and that will be a really good, strong end to his Liverpool career and should also help him sort of earn the next move. Yeah, that'd certainly be a, a big boost, wouldn't it, Gorsi, to, to have sort of him able to, to do that. There's no guarantee with it, but we are starting to, to see now the, the World Cup coming towards the, the end. We're kind of seeing when players are going to be back. I think Darwin Nunez back with his teammates today, is that right? And, and then a couple of, yeah. uh, well, the, the rest of, of those players back on, on Merseyside next week. But we are starting to, to see what that squad might look like for, for the Manchester City game and kind of what Jurgen Klopp might have to, to play with in these couple of matches. Yeah, it's a really good point from Lynchy in terms of that virtuous cycle point with the injuries. You know, if you're not over-reliant on players, then you don't get injured because they're not playing every three days. And therefore, you've got that cycle where you're not, you know, mired in, in injury problems, which is what Liverpool have been since pretty much the first kick of, of the season, haven't they? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really big, uh, big time for Naby Keita, to be honest. Uh, Klopp said yesterday that... He played half an hour yesterday and, and he should be able to play a little bit more against Milan. So maybe we'll see him from the off and he might get 45 minutes, he might get an hour. Um, but entering the final six months of his Liverpool contract, if he wants to stay, he's really got to start, you know, doing a little bit. And um, hopefully that'll, that'll equal a strong end to the season for him. But we're still here talking about Naby Keita. Liverpool have tracked Naby Keita since, you know, 2017 and he eventually joined the club in 2018. He's still a fourth most expensive player in Liverpool's history. And here we are still talking about him 
in the same way we were in the first few weeks of the season. You know, if he could only stay fit, that Liverpool would have a player on the hands. And it's just Groundhog Day, really, isn't it? But he's um, at least he, at least he's fit again and, and looking to you know put a real strong six months together, hopefully for Liverpool. Uh, somebody I've just written a piece about him myself actually this afternoon. There's somebody who's only averaged 15 Premier League games a season for Liverpool since he joined, which you know you'd expect a lot more for. Somebody cost fifty-two million pounds, and you know, and that's a fifty-two million pounds that was four and a half years ago. By the way, it's not, you know, the way the the, the transfer fees have gone in recent years. So, um, yeah, it, you know, we all know what Navigator can do. We all know his flaws. Hopefully, it's a it's a massive kind of uh, second half of the season for him because I think he needs it really, doesn't he? Liverpool certainly do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they both both certainly would uh, would get a big boost out of, of that. Just to, to stick with you, Gorsi, just to, to finish off really on the Milan game on, on Friday. I mean, do, do you expect it to be a similar sort of game to, to what we saw against Leon? I wasn't quite sure what to expect, to be honest, in terms of, of how it would play out. Do you think it will be, be a similar one there, a similar lineup and, and similar players involved or maybe a little bit more strong as, as the days go by? Yeah, I was surprised that there were so many changes made. That's something you normally see in July, isn't it? When Klopp's just looking to give a little bit of game time to to the young lads who come on the tour. This I thought would be a little bit more. We've got a game against Manchester City on the twenty second. We've got a game against Aston Villa on Boxing Day, and maybe they'd only use the likes of Dom Cornes and Luke Chambers and Ben Doak for 10-15 minutes. But he gave them all the best part of half an hour, didn't he? Uh, Fraundorf come on for Elliot, a little bit of a. You know, forced into that change. He didn't really play too much. But I think maybe against Milan, we'll see a little bit more of, of the players, of the senior players playing a little bit longer, shall we say. Um, I think the first half team um, is probably as strong as Liverpool could, could go, I guess. Um, we might see something maybe approaching the hour mark, something similar on Friday. I think Liverpool need to step it up a little bit if they've got that game against um, City to come and then, of course, the, um, the game against Villa on, on Boxing Day. So, Maybe we'll see the uh, the seniors play a bit more because uh, I'm surprised we didn't yesterday, even honest. But I thought it was big for Joe Matt to come back his first minutes since Arsenal in early October, and I thought he was excellent. To be fair, in the first 45 minutes, didn't give Lacazette or, or Dembele a sniff. A little bit of a mix-up with Robertson and Kelleher for the goal. It was no fault of, of Matt or, or Joe Gomez at the back. But um, yeah, we, we, we'll see what happens on uh, on Friday, I guess. But I would be expecting, you know, the the first team, should we say, to play a little bit more than they did yesterday. I'll tell you what happens on Friday. Divock Origi scores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wouldn't bet against it. A late, a late winner, giving Liverpool a taste of their own medicine. But uh, yes, it right. <laughs> we'll leave the uh, the podcast there for the time being. Thank you to all of you for joining me. You at home as well for listening along. Friday's Blood Red podcast, I think, will move to, to Saturday because of the game. But we will have all of the usual analysis in all of the usual places as well around that. The rest of the camp as well, Gorsley. I hope you continue to enjoy the warmth of Dubai. Theo and Lynchy, thanks for joining me on today's podcast as well. We'll catch you all very soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.